that your desire tonight? Amen. To walk with Him. Amen. Uh, we want to just announce that Sunday week, July the 8th, we'll be having a communion service, two services on that Sunday with a dinner in between. So just put that down in your calendars. Not this Sunday, but Sunday week, July the 8th. Brother Jason Jackson will be here with us, ministering for us both services. So, amen. We're looking forward to that. Amen. Let's just bow our heads and go to prayer for a moment before we open the word. Father. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful, Lord, to serve you in this time that we're living in. So thankful, Lord, that we can come together, Lord, with the seen and the unseen audience, Lord. And Father, and to hear from you, Lord, to hear you speak your word and touch our hearts and lives. Lord, we just ask that you would just move in a special way tonight. I, I'm just requesting a special visitation from you, Lord, that... You would fill every fiber. You'd fill every place, Lord. And God, that we could just see you visible among us, working in our midst once again. And Lord, we just commit this service, Lord, everything to be said and done to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Amen. Also, today we have... Uh, as I mentioned in our prayer, the seen and the unseen, there's a, our, our, our brothers and sisters from Japan are joining in with us this evening, and so they're gathering with you, amen, and we just want to say God bless them today, and or tomorrow, amen, where they're at, but God bless them, Brother Emil, Sister Ruth, and whoever else may be joining, amen, we just ask that Pray that you'll be blessed. Amen. Let's read here Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand or to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. We'd let you be seated to this evening. I have a title tonight on speaking on these shoes, but I like to title it Killer Shoes. You know, a lot of times we look at, you know, it's kind of a term nowadays that's used, you know, that's killer, you know, that's cool, that... But these shoes were not just something that was cool, was cool. These shoes were not slip-ons. They were not just dress shoes or Nikes or whatever. But they were, they were actually a vicious weapon. And they began at the top of the legs near the knees and extended down to the feet. And the portions that cover the knees to the feet were called uh, graves. And they were made of metal and were specially shaped to wrap around the calves of a soldier's legs. And when they were, uncom they, they were uncomfortable but helpful, keeping the soldier's legs from harm. And the shoe itself was made of a heavy pieces of leather and also metal tied together with straps of leather that were intermingled with a bunch of metal. And the bottoms were manufactured of heavy leather and pieces of metal. And the bottom of the shoes were affixed with sharp, dangerous, protruding spikes. So there wasn't your flat bottoms you got on tonight or maybe a little, a little bit of a heel or whatever or a nice cushion, but they had a purpose and they had a place in the armor that Paul is speaking about here. And, and it's very, it's actually, if we look at the scriptures, right, the first couple of verses right before it, he begins to talk about to stand and to stand therefore and, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And, and these metal spikes were actually angled backwards. And so when you was in the middle of the battle, the, the object was to go forward. It wasn't ever to retreat. 
The object was always to go take a castle or take a, a, a field or take a hill or take a, whatever, whatever was before you. You was to go forward. And these spikes were angled backwards in a way that, that when you pushed, it would anchor you into the ground that you stood upon. And, and also there were spikes that was protruding out of the front that if you got in front of your enemy close enough, you could reach out and kick him in the shin with, with, with your spikes. And so it wasn't a, a Nike shoe or a Reebok shoe. It's something that you put into action it was something that you fought with it's something that you stood with and and we can read in Deuteronomy 33 and verse 24 of, of, of how he's talking to Asher and he said let Asher be blessed with children let him be acceptable to his brother let him dip his foot in oil thy shoes shall be iron and brass and as thy days, so shall thy strength be. So he was equating it to these same type of shoes that there wasn't just something that was there as an ornament or something to look good or to go with your suit or go with your clothes or go with your outfit. It was an, actually a weapon that you would use in the middle of your war. And he said, there's none like unto God of Jeshurun who rideth upon the heaven in thy help and in his excellency on the sky, the eternal God in thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say destroy them and Israel then shall dwell in safety along and the fountains of Jacob shall be upon the land of corn and wine also as heaven shall drop down dew happy art thou O Israel who is like unto thee O people saved by the Lord the shield of thy help who is the sword of thy excellency and thine enemies shall be fine liars unto thee and thou shalt tread upon their high places so he gives you something to stand upon. Amen. And, and, and I look at our, what we have today to stand upon is the gospel. And it's not a, a, a partial truth. It's not a half truth. But it's a truth that's been restored back to its fullness again. And God has placed it upon our lives to where we can stand in the midst of liars. We can stand in the midst of false accusers. We can stand in the midst of sickness. We can stand in the midst of our trouble. We can stand wherever we're at. And when we've done all we can do we can still stand because God has prepared you to do that in this hour. And so these greaves, these metal things that covered the Roman soldier's legs from the knee to the top of his feet were designed to protect a certain part of his body, his calves. So when he was required to march through rocky and thorny terrain, if he had no protection on his legs, he would be gashed and he would be cut. And these, they gave so, the soldier protection so he could keep walking regardless of the obstacles he encountered. Amen. So we know in our war we're going to encounter obstacles. But the object is to keep going forward. It's to keep going no matter how discouraging, no matter how dark it is, no matter how thick it is, no matter how many adversaries it is, we must keep going forward. Amen. So it was there for that. And so there's spikes on the bottom and these two spikes sticking out the front. The spikes on the bottom were there to hold him in place in battle. His opponent must try to push him around, might try to push him around. That was there. It was trying to gain the high ground. It was trying to get to their position, to the better position. And, and this is what Paul said, where it's, it's enemies in high places. And these enemies have taken what's rightfully belongs to us. And so he's commissioned us to go there and cast them out. But he didn't just say, go do it. He gave us the armament. He gave us the ability. He gave us the word. He gave us everything so we can do what we're called to do. And so these spikes on the bottom in front of the shoes served as weapons. And, you know, one good kick with a spike, the enemy, you know, would be shattered. His leg could be shattered or maybe even kill him. And, and you know, if he fell down, then they, what would they do? They would get on top of him and they'd begin to stomp on him. Because those, so those, those uh, things on the bottom of their feet, they became weapons. They became things that pierced the body. And, and they would stomp on them and uh, on the fallen adversaries. And, and But you notice that he said, Charge your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, how is it in the middle of war you can have peace? How is it that you can have, in the, we're talking about killing, we're talking about maiming, we're talking about taking somebody out, we're talking about taking the enemy out. How in the middle of it can you have peace? Because it is the gospel of peace, it is the good news that in the middle of your battle, you're going to win. In the middle, no, how bad, no matter how bad it may seem, no matter how dark it may seem, no matter how bad the culture is or how dark the country is, it doesn't matter. You're going to win. 
Amen. And so it connects it with peace. And so the word shod is not just a slip on shoe. It's not something that we may wear today, you know, slip it on, run out the door. But it's actually, uh, it's, it's a, if you look at it, it's the binding of something very tightly to your feet. You know, you don't want to lose them in the middle of battle. You know, you see something, uh, you know, a, a, a ball player, something running down the, uh, down the field and he'll, he'll slip out of his shoes even sometime. But you don't want to lose them in this battle. Amen. You don't want to lose your footing in this battle because you'll get swept away by the enemy. Amen. So they were tied to the bottom of his feet, extremely tied him. And the, and, and the Roman soldiers, these things protected him in his, in his environment and protected him from the blows of the enemy. Amen. The peace of God, when it's operating in your life, it protects, it defends, it, it keeps you from the hassles and the assaults of the devil and, and holds you in the middle of your storm. Amen. The, the enemy may try to disrupt you. The enemy is going to try to distract you. That's all sickness is, is distraction to keep your eyes off what's important, to keep your eyes upon something that is temporary. Sickness is temporary. Amen. It's not an eternal thing. It's a temporary thing. And therefore, he tries to keep your, you know, uh, your emotions tore up. That's a temporary thing. He tries to keep you beat down. That's a temporary thing. All he can put on you is something temporary. Hallelujah. All he can give to you is something temporary. You say, well, I'm going through a trouble. I'm going through a struggle. Be of good, good. This is good news. It's temporary. It's only for a moment. Hallelujah. When it's operating your life, amen, it begins, he begins, but he tried, the peace of God begins to swirl around you to protect you. The enemy tries to disrupt you. He tries to distract you. He tries to steal your attention by causing some event to whirl around you, but his attempts will fail because of the peace of God. It's like a protective weapon upon your legs, upon your feet, holding you during your time of struggle. And if the devil is just foolish enough to get in front of you, keep on walking. Stomp all the way along. <laughs> Amen. Because there's, this, word has a, is a, this word is a sharp two-edged sword. It's a sharpness to this word. It, it brings death to your enemies. Amen. Keep on walking. Stomp all the way. By the time you finish using your shoes of peace, there won't be much more left of the devil. Amen, but preparation is a, is a prepared place for you to stand upon. This is a preparation of the gospel of peace. This gospel has prepared a place, a firm foundation that you can stand upon when everything else around you is rocking and rolling and ups and downs. But you, as a, as a Christian, as a daughter or a son of God, you have a firm foundation to stand upon in your struggle. Amen. So it's a preparation. It's a prepared place to stand. And the shoes of the soldiers, amen, would hold him. He would just dig in. Amen. That's what we're called to do tonight. Amen. Maybe it's been a bad week for you. Dig in. Maybe it's been a bad month or a bad year or bad years. Dig in. So I'm not giving up my property. I'm not giving up what God has given me. He's brought me this far. He's going to lead me all the way. I'm going to dig in. I'm not going back. I'm not retreating. I'm going forward. It's a firm foundation. It's the good news. Amen. The gospel is the good news. It's the very word gospel means the good news. When he told Mary, I bring you good tidings. It was the news, the good news. Amen. How many want some good news? <laughs> Woo, in this world we live in, we need good news, right? But all that out there is fake news, okay? Amen. It's temporary. It's fake. Most of it, half of it more or more is probably even made up. We don't know what's the truth out there. But this right here we know is what the truth is. Amen. It's a good news. Amen. If a man died for your sake, would that be good news? Oh, well, come on, somebody. Man, I must have went poop right there. If somebody died for your sake, would that be good news? That would mean you didn't have to die. Amen, it's good news. So if Christ was born, is that good news? Amen, amen. But never a news like this news. He who made the promise has confirmed the promise. 
Hallelujah. He's alive forevermore. And he has the keys of both death and hell in his hands. And it gives us a firm foundation to stand upon. That I'm standing upon a God's word that cannot fail. It's the good news. All, hell, all the gloom shook away. There was no more room, no more gloom to be seen. The sun was up from the grave. There was no more. Well, he would come or he may come. He was already here. And the very message of the gospel itself to prove to the people he is risen. Go tell my disciples I'm risen from the dead. I meet with them to confirm this. Oh God, how in this last days there should be light across the earth. And I prove it to prove to my disciples, go tell them I'm not dead. I'm not a tradition. I'm a living Christ. I'll meet them. I'll take this message to my disciples that I'm risen from the dead. That's good news. Hallelujah. He's telling you in this hour, I'm risen from the dead. It's all under my feet. Everything is under my feet. I have brought it subject to my power. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The gospel of good news. A firm foundation to give you peace in a difficult hour. That when it seems all hope is gone, the gospel says, good news, Jesus is more than able. <laughs> Amen. When you're dealing with a very hard situation, good news. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? When you're dealing with sickness, good news. He's the Lord to heal of all our diseases. Amen. When you're dealing with a sorrow and pain, good news. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The gospel's good news. It's good news. Jesus has come. He has redeemed us. He's died in our stead. He's ascended up and he's sitting at the right hand of the majesty of God, making intercession for our confession. That's the gospel. Good news. Amen. Amen. It's not my righteousness. It's his righteousness. Good news. Intercessions upon our confession, no matter how weak, how sick, how far in sin, what condition you are, he's there to make intercession upon what you confess. Amen. An atonement, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisements of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. Any of those things, those attributes of his death, we take it to our heart. We believe it to be the truth. It's good news pulsating through our body. He said, if I was paralyzed and in my heart I believed he healed me, I would confess that I was healed. It gives you something to stand upon. Because paralyzation is temporary. Amen. It ain't a permanent thing. It's a temporary thing. He said, I would confess that I was healed. If I couldn't move a muscle, I believe it. I'd confess that I was healed. If I meant with my heart, you know, just really down deeply, confess he's my healer. He has to bring it to pass. Woo, what a firm foundation in the middle of sickness. Dig in. Amen. Dig in. That's my promise. If I confess he's my healer, he's going to be my healer. If I confess he's already healed me, he's going to do exactly as I confess he's done it. Amen. If God said by his stripes we're healed, then by his stripes I was healed. He said he bore my sins, and I say he bore my sins. I don't have them anymore. He took them away. Oh, my. We ought to be some happy people here tonight. I don't have them anymore. He took them away. Hey, man, I wish I had the picture Brother Doug Baker sent, sent to me. He said, he said it, was, uh, it showed a little cartoon of a butterfly driving a car, and his police officers pulled him over, and on his license was a little, little um, caterpillar. And the butterfly was saying, that's an old picture. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, you need to tell that devil when he tells you you're this, this, and that, and this, and this. I can show you right. That's an old picture. That's old records. That's not, that, might, that may have been who I was, but that's not who I am. Amen. I have been made per- a blameless by the blood of Jesus Christ. Good news. 
something you can stand on, something you can hold to. Amen. So say, for instance, today, each one of us was sentenced to death. Many, many are that way anyways. Many are sinful, away from God, sitting in a place like that today. Many are real, maybe good people, but sitting in that condition this morning. Many of you, so maybe you have, some may have cancer, tumors, or blindness. Some sit in all kinds of conditions. Yet God sent Christ to open the prison doors to set you free. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. These are some pretty good dancing shoes, so just hold on for a minute. Amen. Oh, he, he sent you to set you free. Amen. You, oh, he said, well, well, is sickness a bondage? Yes, Jesus plainly explained it and when he healed a woman who was bound up and stooped over and he healed her and he laid his hands on her and raised her up and he, by doing this and they began to find fault and he said, ought not this daughter of Abraham be loosed? Be set free from the bondage that she'd been in of Satan. So Christ, our great Redeemer, has come set men and women free from sin and free from sickness. How many can put their self in that right there? And when he died at Calvary, he was wounded for our transgression. And with the stripes, we are healed. It's the good news. That's the gospel. The gospel is that Christ died in a sinner's place. Christ took a sick man's place. Christ takes a worried man's place. Christ took some maniac's place. Christ took every place and freed us from every affliction and every sin the devil has put us in. Christ comes and set us free. And everything. How many can say everything? Everything goes free. Hallelujah. In the days when the slaves, when they're in bondage, they were slaves, and Abraham Lincoln, amen, died to free him, but he wrote this Emancipation Proclamation. Sure, they were still slaves. But that decree had been wrote, and it was just as good as done. Sure, you were slaves. Sure, you were born in sin and shaping in iniquity. But there was a decree that was written over your life. And there wasn't no devil going to keep it from coming to pass. Amen. They were free. And they were so happy about it. I mean, it's happy tonight. They were so happy about it, knowing they were going to be free as soon as the sun rose. Some of them that were healthy and better fit. I know you heard this story, but let's go again. They climbed way up to the mountain. Some can go all the way to the top, some halfway up, some way down. But as soon as the sun began to peep up, the great strong ones that was on top, he said, I liken that today to great strong Christians who arise up in the sphere of the Holy Spirit. They're just maybe who's, so those are just along the road in justification and some are way down in the valley of confusion, but they, the sun begin to rise and those at the top begin to scream, we're free. Don't you think that caused a few on the bottom to dig in a little bit more and move forward? We're free. Christ, come to set the captive free. You don't have to be bound by habits. You don't have to be a halfway Christian life. God don't want you to be that way. He wants you to be free. Hallelujah. God anointed Christ to preach freedom, to open the prison doors. It is a gospel. It is the good news that's being preached. No matter if you're still sick, if you're still sitting bound, you can be free because the news has come. You're pardoned. You're free. You don't have to be that way no more. Let's look at Exodus 12 and verse 7. And it says, they shall take the blood 
and strike it on the two side posts and upon the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat. They shall eat the flesh in that night roasted with fire and unleavened bread. With bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roasted with fire. His head with his legs and with the pertness thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it with your loins girded. We talked about the belt of truth. Your shoes on your feet. And your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. The word came to prepare them to leave. It came to prepare them a place that they could stand upon until they received their marching orders to leave out of that place. Amen. It came to prepare them to leave, to change their hearts to what? To what? We're not staying here. We're leaving here. Because 400 years, generation after generation after generation, oh, there's a deliverer coming, there's a deliverer coming, but one went down in the grave, the next one went down in the grave, the next one, but here comes one. And he comes back with a message. He said, let my people go. What was that message? It was, it was to tell them, look, this is not your rightful place. This is not where you belong, but I have a gonna, I'm going to equip you to leave this place. It prepared them to leave. They were ready for any moment. Amen. They were not. If you look how they were dressed, they, they ate the lamb in haste. What was left, they burnt with fire before the morning, but they had their loins girded. They was dressed. They had their shoes on their feet. They had their staff in their hand. They wasn't laying down in bed slacking. They knew it was a time of leaving. It wasn't a time of staying. Amen. You know, I believe if we really had our intention and our thoughts and ever focused upon the coming of the Lord, we'd be ready for it. We'd be dressed. We'd be prepared. We wouldn't be slacking. We, we wouldn't be sloughing off. We would be there seeing what God was doing in our generation. Seeing, I'll get to it, seeing how we could spread the good news. There's a word for an exodus. Amen. The word came to prepare them to leave. Is a word, a blood that would carry them all the way through the wilderness, all the way to the promised land. They were ready at any moment. Orders would come, leave. See, well, this message came not to continue or to perpetuate another denomination or even another more generations to come. Or That wasn't what this message was sent. This message was to prepare you a place that you could stand on to realize who you are. That you are the invincible army. And it's not staying here, it's leaving here. And listen, this word is not a, a partial truth. It's not, you know, what went down through the dark age. We're not just standing on sanctification. And those brothers stood. They stood with all their, with their lives to the death. Justification, that's not all we're standing on. We're standing on the fulfilled word of the hour. Brought back ever truth. Brought back to his place. As we've been hearing, we've been brought back to the land. Amen. Some of you were in death camp. Some of you were out there somewhere in all kinds of situations. Maybe it was a death camp or denomination somewhere, but there was a voice that called to you. There was a trumpet that began to blow in this hour, and it pulled you out of those things. And it brought you to a place that you could fight. That you would have something to stand upon, that when you went to push, you wouldn't slip all the way back. And this truth isn't wore out yet. <laughs> this blood has not lost its power. This truth still holds today. The Holy Ghost can come in the heart and hold him in the middle of his, his temptation. It can hold in the middle of pornography. It can hold in the middle of all kinds of things. This word has not lost its power. 
Deuteronomy 25 and verse 5 says, Have I not led you 40 years in the wilderness, and your clothes are not waxing old upon you, and thy shoes is not waxing old upon thy feet? That's a miracle. I've been in that. I've seen what that wilderness they went through. I've I seen portions of it. It wasn't no gri- nice, grassy, turfy ground that you're kind of just having a leisure walk. It was a desert. It had rocks. It had thorns. It had all kinds of things there. They fought battles. Wouldn't it be amazing that if you bought a pair of dress shoes 40 years ago and they're still good as new today? Or... <laughs> Parents, if you bought your kids a pair of Nikes and it was good for another at least five years, just a couple of weeks and they looked like tatters. Forty years. He sustained them. Forty years he kept them to where their threads didn't even wear out. Their shoes didn't go, didn't get holes in them and begin to fall off their feet. It was a supernatural thing that happened there. It's a supernatural thing that's happening this day. That in the middle of this darkness, in the middle of this chaos, there's a bride that's standing on her feet. And she's not held by her own power. She is standing upon the words of prophecy. And they're being fulfilled right under her. Deuteronomy 11, verse 25 says, Then will the Lord drive out all these nations before you, and you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourself. Every place where the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours from the wilderness of Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, uh, even unto the uttermost sea shall your coast be. There shall no man be able to stand before you, and the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that ye shall, what? Tread on. Tread on as he has said unto you. So he's given footsteps our possession. So of course the devil's going to try to keep you from going forward. He's going to try to keep you from, from obtaining more things. He's going to, you know, he's, he's happy with you just being a good Christian. He's happy with you just being a good message believer and, and just, a, you know, having a, you know, a lackadaisical time. He's okay with that. But as soon as you step a foot out and you begin to push, you say, this promise is mine. He's going to come against you. But realize what you're standing on. You're standing upon a promise. And that promise cannot fail. Dig in. Push harder. Keep going. And just keep pushing and pushing. And one day you'll have the land that you have been promised. But it's little by little. He promised it to the Israelites. He said, little by little, I'll move them out. He said, you go kill a bunch of Hivites, I'll let you take that. But you're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to push. Do you realize that's even what you're doing tonight? We're having to push. (laughs) Oh, brother Timothy, this Wednesday night, I worked all day, I'm tired. You got to push. You got to push into that presence. The violent taketh by force. You got to push into it and say, Lord, I'm going to get something from you. If I can just touch the hem of your garment, I'm going to push. I'm going to step out a little further until I reach Jesus. Do you know a service is in vain if you don't reach Jesus? You can, put, you can cover a pew, you can take up AC, you can sing a few songs, you can say amen. But unless you touch Jesus, it's all in vain. Somebody said, well, I was prayed for last night. I got a crippled hand. Only thing I can do is wiggle my finger. That's all the further you can spread it out, brother. Well, if you can spread out, begin to spread out a little farther, go ahead and move your arm. 
And as you spread your faith, God will let you take over the territory. Amen. As you spread your faith, God will let you take over the territory. It's yours anyhow. God promised your health again. Hallelujah. He said, whoa, my, I feel good. Oh, God, spread me out. Footsteps is victory. He told Joshua, everywhere the soldier your foot trod, I'll give it to you. Footsteps is victory. I tell you today, let's trod on the lands that God has given us. Let's walk around in divine healing. Let's walk around in the powers of God. Let's walk around in his salvation. Coming into Christ is like going into a big store. Arcady calls it a big variety store. It's a big variety the size of this tabernacle. He said, I look around, there's everything here. Shelves are full of pretty nice things. Everything, they're all mine, everything. And if I have a need, I can go over there and take what I want. And Christ is our store tonight. And by one spirit we've been baptized in this body, into this big variety store. Anything you have need of, he will supply it. And I'm possession of it, and your possession of everything. We'll talk about some elbow room. Let's take over. Let's take over. We need healing. It's sitting there for you. Reach over there and grab it. You might have to kick a few devils away, push through some things to get to it, but go ahead and take it right there tonight. Hallelujah. Whatever you have need of, don't walk out of this door without grabbing a hold of it and saying it's mine. Let every person in here tonight who believes God will and God has and God's given us the promise. He said, I'll take care of you all the way till you get to the promised land. God promised to heal our sickness. He promised to give the Holy Ghost. He promised to give happiness. He promised to give peace of mind, everything until we cross the Jordan, the honor to enter into the great eternal glories of God. Oh, preaching healing, preaching all of God's redemption, blessings. He's here tonight. His spirit is here. His glory is here. His power is here. His joy is here. His love is here. His power is here. His spirit is here. His servants are here. His word is here. He's here himself, and you're here. So while we're here, dig in and grab a hold of God's blessings. You have need of anything? Reach up and get it. It's mine. Just push him out of the way. Old Hivite, stand up right there in front of him and try to claim a promise. You've been given some shoes. You've been given a shield. Amen. You've been given a helmet of salvation. And the truth is holding you. And the truth said, that's yours. The devil says you can't have it. The truth said, it's yours. Go take it. Oh, my. The truth is holding you. Push him out of the way. Crucify the thing and move right on. The sister in that wheelchair on the stretcher, God promised you healing. You have to fight for every inch of it. The devil will make you fight, but you have the sword of God every inch. But remember, amen, remember footsteps is possession. Wherever your foot trods that I give into you, every step you make, you know that gets me feeling religious. He said, when footsteps is possession, all the land that your feet tread upon is the promised land. It's the same to every believer tonight. Anything that you can take, any divine promise of God, claim it, hold on to it. It's yours. Footprints. Joshua, when he began to fight those five kings... And he went to battle, and, he'd been, and then when I was in that valley, and we saw the sun, but probably in close to position to where he called for it to stand just in the evening time. God, Joshua, wasn't, he, he had some possession to take. There had been some people sitting on his property, and he wasn't happy with it. We ain't got to be happy with the devil sitting on our promises. 
This ain't about making peace with the enemy. No, it ain't about living with the devil. It's about defeating the devil. Amen. He began to call for the sun and the moon to stand still and just spoke the word and began to go on. And we know the story. He found those five kings and he put them in a cave and he put some rocks over them. He went and totally destroyed the enemy. He came back and got those five kings and he laid them down upon the place there. And the scripture said he put his foot upon their neck. What was he showing? I have dominion over you. You think that felt good to those that was under there? No, I don't think he just lightly butterfly touched them. No, I don't want to hurt them. No, he... I have dominion over you. But Joshua knew that it wasn't just good enough for him to have dominion. He had to show them others they had dominion also. So our Joshua come down and he took death, hell, and the grave and he put it under his foot. And then he said, you come, and you come, and you come, and you. Oh, high blood pressure comes rolling through. Stick your foot on it. Amen. You've been given a gospel that says, that's not for me. That's not who I am. I'm a child of God. Whatever, name any devil, it don't matter. You come put your foot Oh, I'd love to excite some people tonight to such a point. They could almost see their enemy visible before them. Whew. Amen. If you, if you could see, Brother Brown said, if you could see the demon behind a cigarette, you'd never smoke another one. Amen. If you could see what was behind the alcohol, you'd never drink another one. There's spirits that influence it there. If you could see the spirit that influences your life, you wouldn't allow it to do it one more moment. Is there any Joshua's here this morning or this evening to put their foot upon something and dig in? Amen. You say, well, well, you're supposed to dig on the devil. How's that firm foundation? Because he's laying on your promise. Just dig on down through that devil until you get back into that promise again. Amen. Just squish his guts and his blood everywhere. <laughs> Mercy. God told him down in Egypt, I give you the land, go out. But he didn't say, I'll go there and sweep it all out, garnish the houses, hang up curtains. You just move in, it's going to be just perfect. No. They had to fight for every inch of the ground they took. Fight every inch. <laughs> every inch. Just put it in every day. Oh, man, I had such a bad Monday. Really? Good news. How can we have bad days with good news? The gospel, the word that's been restored in our hour. We can truly see what he's done. Everything around us is happening right now. Everything. Your car, your house, your job, your sicknesses, your health. Your health declining, the tormenting spirits that come, the mind battles are temporary. (laughs) Do you realize Monday is a temporary day? It's funny how people dread a Monday, but they love a Friday. There's just as much bad things happen on a Friday than it happens on a Monday. Amen. Just as much bad news on a Friday there is Monday. But it's the end of the week. Woohoo! Monday comes again. But it's temporary. Things come in our lives. There's cycles we go in as believers. But it's temporary. You might be in a, in a battle right now, but it's temporary. You might be in the struggle seemingly of your life, but it's temporary. Well, what if it takes my life? God bless you. You're entering into something that's not temporary. But it's eternal. Footsteps is possession. The same thing as today. Divine healing belongs to us. The Holy Spirit belongs to us. It's our property. We'll fight forever hence. But brother, take possession. Keep fighting. The devil say that don't happen anymore. You say you're a liar. 
God said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Take over everywhere your footsteps. That is possession. But keep your eyes on Jesus, the Joshua, the leader. Just keep moving on in deeper depths and higher heights until you possess everything in God's promised word. You'll fight for every inch. Psalms 37 and verse 23. The steps of a good man, also known as in other translations are righteous man. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. This ordered is give an authoritative direction. It's instruction to do something by God. Do you know that your footsteps are ordered? You're ordered to go take your land. You're ordered to go take your healing. You're ordered to go take the promises of God. You're ordered in everyday life. Sometimes we don't understand just how, how ordered our footsteps are until we get past where we're going. We look back and we say, wow, that couldn't have been nothing but God. Amen. That couldn't have been nothing but God. I, I, had, a, I had a situation in my life one time. I, I may have told it's been years ago, though, so maybe some ain't heard it. But I was in, in uh, Louisville, Kentucky at a goat show and and, and we was there for the nationals, and Brother Brad Burgess had asked me and my father to preach on a Sunday at his church. So he preached Sunday morning, I preached Sunday night. And about just a few minutes before I was walk out with my notes, the Lord just laid something on my heart. And I didn't learn from a very, I had to tell that another time, but another experience that you don't, when you, when you feel that, when I feel that, I just have to do what he says. Because I tried one time doing what I wanted to, and I fell flat on my face. But... I just took those, those thoughts that was in my heart and a few scriptures I had time to write out because they was calling me to the platform and I walked out and I just preached a sermon on let my people go. And the power of God swept through that place and began to move in hearts. And Brother Brad at the end, he said, I, I know I could call, he said, I know things were ministered on tonight. He said, I could call for testimonies. He said, but the way I want to do it tonight, I just want whoever knows that God touched you and saved or just totally delivered you. I want you to get out of your seat, walk across the platform, give him praise to God. And I guess about 40 or so people got up. Well, the next morning, I was to go to uh, go down to uh, a place to get some things for our, our show, and I uh, hadn't had breakfast, and so I was going to go grab something at McDonald's, because I had to be real quick and get back, and, and so I'm running, and I see this Cracker Barrel, and it says something that said, go in there. I thought, I ain't got time to go in there. I don't want to go in there. I, I had that moment, I had a little something against Cracker Barrel, so I knew it wasn't me. I'd tell that another time, too. But anyway, I had something against it, so I didn't want to go in there, but something, as I was getting closer, go in there, go in there. So I pulled in. I thought, well, okay, I'm going to go in here. So I walked in, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? Walked straight to the back there to get my seat, and she walked me all across all the empty places through the whole store, all the way to the other side, to a little corner seat in the furthest you could get. There wasn't nobody else in there hardly. I'm thinking, why in the world is she setting me over here? This is crazy. I'm grumbling and Carrying on, you know, like, I don't want to be in here. This is nuts. I'm looking at my, trying to get me uh, something together so I can ask for a coffee and tell her what I want, get the order in, get it back. And I'm sitting there looking at it, and a person walks up beside me. She goes, I know you. I looked at her, and I said, you know me? She said, yeah, I know you. And I said, well, I'm sorry. I, 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 don't, I don't know you. I'm not from here. She said, oh, I know. You're not from here, but you ministered at our church Sunday night. I said, Yeah. She said, I'm one of the deacon's wives and said, I, I, I just, we've just been going through a terrible time in our life. And, and said, I, 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 I was, he was dropping me off at work. He works right down the street at FedEx and he was dropping me off this morning. And I just looked at him and I was tears. And that Sunday night, it just ministered to my heart that God was going to meet our need. She said, but I just needed something from God to know without a shadow of a doubt, he cares for me and he's going to take care of what I'm going through. I said, well, sister, I didn't want to be here this morning. I didn't want to be here this morning. I was supposed to be somewhere else. But the Lord spoke to me and brought me here. And that lady sent me in your section so you could serve me. 
And I guess I'm here to tell you God cares for you. We had prayer meeting right there in Cracker Barrel. God moving on the scene. Why? Because God cares. He understands. He knows about your situation. I hope I can get this all right. I'd ask for Brother, Brother Kirkman to send it to me, but he's he been real busy this week, but he told us Sunday night at Brother David's of just an outstanding testimony. We're talking about people being ordered by the Lord. You've been given divine orders in this day. Go through Laodicea and overcome. <laughs> Amen. Just as simple as that. Go through Laodicea and be the overcomer on the end. He had a man, if I remember correctly, maybe Brother Aaron can help me with some of the details, but he had a man that hey, he bought some, uh, some business from in his water company there, and he just gave him a good deal on a handshake. And he said the part of it was he'd supply him with water from, that, from then on and just get, bring water to his home. And so he was there to give him water one day, and the man was just, just his health had declined down and down and down and down and down. He said, so he walked in, and he says, Kirkman, he says, uh, I'm just going down. I guess, you know, the doctors now say I have cancer. Kirkman said he just felt something in the heart. Well, he told him, he said, I'll pray for you. I'll, I'll, I'll pray for you. I can't remember the man's name, but he said, I'll pray for you. And he said something in his heart says, why not pray now? He just kind of hushed it, you know, because he didn't know how the man would receive it and so he got his, done his, everything, got in his truck, drove out the driveway, and he said, something come to him again, said, I told you to pray for him, and you didn't. He said, well, this ain't going away. So he just turned his truck around, pulled back in his driveway, come up to him, I believe this was like on a Wednesday, come up to his house, knocked on the door, said, Mr. So-and-so, I know I left, he said, but I come back and I want to know if you'll let me pray for you right now. He said, right now? He said, yes, right now. He said, sure, I'd love for you to. They knelt down and he began to pray for him with sincerity of what the man had done for him and helped him and helped his family and, and, and all these things. But he said, Lord, he, he needs a touch from you and will you just touch him and, and take these things away from him? Got up, drove out the driveway and left and on Saturday morning gets a phone call. Is that man on the other line said, Kirk, you need to change your prayer to a praise. So I went to the doctor on Thursday and they gave me my results yesterday and all the cancer's gone. Hallelujah! Oh, come on, somebody. It's time you change your prayer to a praise. And begin to thank God, yes, this is your promise, and it's mine, all mine. I take what God has given me. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Sometimes he makes us do things very contrary to what we think. Brother Brandon says, he said, but we're always... If we're following the leadership of the Spirit, we're always in His will. God does what He wants to do. He said, see, this house that God dwells in, this is another quote, but just tying it in. It's not a building with a big bell. It's not a high steeple. It's a body that has prepared for me. A body that God can dwell in. A body that God can walk in. God can see in, God can talk in, God can work in, living instrumentally of God, God walking on two feet in you. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered of God, God walking in you. There's been orders given to our specific generation. There's been orders given that now, now pertain to us, there are orders today. This is one reason I'm fixing to read a scripture that's the order of Eden and Light Tabernacle. It's why we're here. It's Matthew 28 and verse 8. He said, Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore. 
ordered by the Lord. Go ye therefore unto the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid to the, tell them the good news. Bid to the marriage so that the servants went out the highways and they gathered as many as they found, both good and bad, and the, or bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with grace. Sometimes he brings them by afflictions. He says, he made the supper. No one would come. But he said, go to the highways. Go to the byways. Get the lame. Get the halt. Get the blind and the afflicted. For my table shall be filled. He's seeking them that are from every walk, every corner of life. Moving in the spirit in his last days. Bringing them together. <laughs> Hallelujah. All denominations, all who long for life, has a right now to walk in and receive in his presence of his glorious being. For he is the son of the living God. Still the morning star shining upon us as he's always shined. Mark 16, 15, we know this commission. Go ye, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. So shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. That's a direct order for from our captain. Hallelujah. We, better, we ought to be able to stand in front of that devil and say, devil, you might as well give way in the name of Jesus Christ for we are marching through. We're marching to Zion. We're going to take our mountain. We're going to take our promises. We're not leaving a hook behind. The commission, our Lord, go with you all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Footsteps of the righteous. Ordered of the Lord. Brother George, your footsteps are ordered. Your, fo your footsteps, your footsteps, your footsteps, your, your footsteps are ordered. In Minden, in Shreveport, wherever. To speak to a heart. There's dying hearts that want to receive truth. You have been given an order Command them to come. Bring the halt. Bring the lame. Brother Branham said, bring them. He said, they've been brought. And we called a prayer line. And God healed every one of them. He's just still the same God today. Maybe you tonight, you've been some of you have been slipping backwards. Step back on that promise. And dig in. The monies were given to this building by men being led of the Lord. Money's been given to Japan because of pastors speaking, being led of the Lord. Speaking, be in the hospital tonight in an emergency or the ICU and in a regular room at home the next day. Speaking, ordered of the Lord. God's got a divine order. And it'll go through hell or high water. It'll go through every devil it has to go through. It's going to take that promise. Because his word's not coming back to him void. But it's going to fulfill what it was sent to do. All he needs is some feet to walk in. Walk over there and grab that promise. Walk over there and grab that one. It's yours. Sometimes we wonder why we're in such a battle. It's where we're at. He said, the army, he said, the army war, it's always been war. He said, we never joined the church or come to this church to come to a picnic. We must realize we're in a battleground. I never come for people to pat me on the back and say, Brother Branham, you're a wonderful person. I come here to put a shield on. 
I don't need a shield for a pat on the back. I come here for a helmet and armor. I come to fight. And I'm going to fight for every inch of ground I've got. God told Joshua, every place the soles of your foot treads on, that I give you soaks. Footsteps means possession. And when the church begins to get to the place, it compromises with creeds and compromises with the word and compromises with the world. It's losing ground. It needs to be taking ground. What we need tonight is soldiers to possess every divine promise of this Bible that God promised to the church. The whole armor of God to stand is what we need soldiers not get a uniform to dress and go in a parade and get accolades and howdy do's and you're so wonderful and you're a good brother and pat on the back. That's not why we're here. We are here to fight. And there's, there's a trumpet that's been blown in our hour and it's the gospel trumpet. And it's calling every force together. And we're going to push our way to Mount Zion. There's been great men that we could go through, through history. You got Stonewall Jackson, who would stand in the face of some of the fiercest of fires. Would stand and fight when seemingly everybody else was falling back. He believed if he died on the battlefield, it was God's will. And he would rather die fighting than die running. And he would fight. He would stand to where they would call him Stonewall. He would dig in. In this hour we're living in, we need people to hold the line. You need to dig into holiness and stay there. And if you've given back on holiness, you need to step back up and say, no, that promise is mine. Because he's coming for a bride dressed in his word. Amen. Dig in. Oh, I might offend so-and-so. I might offend. Dig in. Amen. Whatever promise of God is laying there tonight, you need to step out in faith. Put those claw feet in. Those prongs of the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and dig into the promises of God, and dig into the promises of God, and push, and push, and push. So, Brother Timothy, the battle's so hard. What if this was the last battle? What if the trial you're in right now was the last trial, and as soon as you push through the other side, rapture? There's going to be a last trial. There's going to be a last sickness. There's going to be a last mind battle. There's going to be a last tormentor. There's going to be a last demon. There's going to be a last Satan. He's going to be gone forever. Dig in. Push harder. Say, Brother Timothy, I've been falling. Push! I didn't come here to lose. I'm not a loser. That's not what the promises of God says I am. It says I am an overcomer. Is there any overcomers in the house tonight? Well, stand to your feet and put your foot down upon the neck of that devil. And say, this is mine, saith the Lord. And I claim every promise of the word of God. And I will not give in to the tormenting spirit. I will not give in to the mind battles. I will not give in to the things of Satan as he buffeted me day by day. But I'm digging into this promise. And I'm holding. Put your foot on it. Whatever it is, you know what's been tormenting you? Stick your foot up in the air and put it down on it. And say, this day, my God's given me the victory. It is footsteps, it's possession. He needs a body he can walk in. So start walking in your promises. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just now turn our prayer into a praise. Say, thank you, Father.
Thank you for all you've done in my life, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for holding me in the middle of my storm. Thank you, Father, for keeping me. Thank you, Lord, for not letting me, Lord, where I slipped. God, let me push forward with everything that I got. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Dig into the promises of God. I'm not giving up. I'm not turning around. I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep holding on. I'm not going back. I'm not going to what the way back is back to a death account. I'm not going back. I'm going to Mount Zion, the city of the great king. Hallelujah. Hey Amen. Let's sing that old song. Keep on the firing line. Hey Amen. If you're in the battle, how I many's in the battle? Keep on the firing line. You will win, but you gotta fight. Keep on the firing line. If you're in the battle for the Lord and the right, keep on the fire. 